Welcome to The Honest Report, a weekly podcast analyzing media coverage of the Arab-Israeli conflict, anti-Semitism, and radical Islamic terrorism. Violence escalating between Israel and the Palestinians, hundreds of rockets fired from Gaza toward Israel, people running for cover. We start the show with the breaking news that has been coming in. Israeli police are saying that at least seven people have been injured in a car ramming and stabbing attack in Tel Aviv. Hundreds of rockets fired from Gaza towards Israel. People running for cover on this Tel Aviv beach as air defense systems blew rockets out the sky. Here's your host, Rob Walker. While international commentators and journalists around the world rhetorically ask what it will take for peace to take place between Israel and the Palestinians, arguing that complex issues such as Jewish settlements are the main obstacle to peace, a much simpler factor is at play, the Palestinian Authority's payments to terrorists and their families. This complex system, nicknamed Pay for Slay, is a program where the Palestinian Authority spends hundreds of millions of dollars annually, nearly one-twelfth of its entire budget, in support payments to Palestinian terrorists and their families. This regimen not only actively encourages Palestinians to take up violence against Israelis, but provides the financial support to assist them in doing so. To help us delve deeper into this insidious program, we are joined by Sander Gerber. He is a fellow and board member at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. Welcome to the Honest Report podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great pleasure to join you. The pleasure is all ours. So I wanted to talk to you about, of course, the uh, the Palestinian Authority Martyrs Fund, more commonly known as Pay for Slay. Um, this is something that has received and typically receives precious little attention uh, in the international news media, uh, but it plays a very central role in the continuation and propagation of Palestinian violence against Israelis. Help us understand exactly what the Palestinian Martyrs Fund is. Uh, well, <clears throat> Robert, you have to understand that it, there's not just the Martyrs Fund, there's also the Prisoners Fund. So the Prisoners Fund is about $190 million a year. That goes to terrorists that were convicted in Israeli court of terrorism and are in Israeli jails. The Martyrs Fund is for people who were killed committing a terror act or wounded as collateral damage, and that is about $160 million per year. These are separate budgets. And in the case of ETH, they have explicit regulations and rules that have institutionalized what they call the struggle against Zionism. So what they're trying to do is to reward and incentivize terrorism. So it took me a little while to figure things out. I was speaking to once to a, um, a leading Democratic senator, and he said, this isn't rewarding, incentivizing terror. And I was like, but you're paying terrorists. They said, but it's only if they're caught or killed, they get paid. And no one commits a terror act thinking they're going to get caught or killed. And obviously that's untrue, but it took me a while to think about it till a good friend of mine, uh, Eugene Kontorovic, explained to me that because there is a legal structure around this, this sets up an expectation that if you are caught or killed, you will be paid and your family will be taken care of. And so the Palestinian Authority has reduced risk to terrorists to the extent that not only be glorified, but your family will get health care, education, uh, all kinds of benefits, 
And then if you are lucky enough to become a prisoner, depending upon the length of your stay, you get a higher salary. And then when you're released, there's a whole schedule in terms of where you fit into the PA bureaucracy. As long as you spent over 10 years in jail, the PA is required to give you a job in the bureaucracy, five years for a woman. But if a man spends five years in jail, a woman two years in jail, you get an annuity for the rest of your life. So these are significant uh, incentive structures that have been codified in law to reward and encourage terrorism. To sort of play devil's advocate a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure this is something that you've dealt with as well, how much of Palestinian terrorism do you think is, is Palestinian terrorism in large part motivated by financial rewards, or is it someone who says, well, listen, I want to commit, uh, you know, an act of violence against Israelis, but this allows me to do it because I'll be in jail and not making income for a few years. Um, do you see the distinction there? In other words, does this motivate otherwise nonviolent people to commit terrorist acts, or does this just allow people to do it with a more, if you can say it perversely, clean conscience because their family will be supported? It's all of the above. There are many, many people who have said that it was the financial reward that caused them to commit the terror act. In particular, people who are not able to make a living, they're a little down, they want their family to glorify them, they want their community to glorify them. By getting the family paid, they're showing honor to their parents. And uh, so there's, there's many, many uh, situations that the Israeli security said that people were motivated, in fact, by by the money. Now, help us understand a little in terms of you've given us the broad strokes in terms of the in, in terms of hundreds of millions of dollars. But how many how many Palestinians are, uh, you know, who have spent time in jail are receiving these stipends and how many family members of deceased Palestinian terrorists are receiving this and, and how much are they actually receiving? Well, that, that's that's a good point to put this in context. Now, as, as I told you, somewhere around $360 million a year. The, the average income in uh, the West Bank is about $4,500 a year. So $360 million goes a long way when the average income is so low. In terms of the quantity, the numbers, there's about 40,000 people that are getting monthly payments only because of violence against Israel. And to support that, because to give out monthly payments to 40,000 people requires a big infrastructure, the PA in their budget has a bureaucracy of 550 people who work full-time just to distribute these monies. And so despite this very significant, not only financial handouts, but as you said, bureaucracy and maintaining and managing this, there seems to be nevertheless uh, almost a cognitive dissonance that this either, even to those people who are aware of it, that it just doesn't play an impact. Why do you think that so many politicians and newsmakers and, and, and even members of the news media are under the impression that this pay-for-slay regimen simply is not consequential? It's hard to understand that these are not just pocket chains that's being distributed, that this has been institutionalized. And until you actually see the laws, my speaking to you about it or a listener listening to it can't fully comprehend how horrific 
this is. Now, how much distinction do we need to make, or any distinction at all, then, between this pay-for-slay and just a broader issue of incitement and refusal to accept Israel's right to exist uh, in the Palestinian Authority? Um, It's all part and parcel of the same thing, but which one, you know, is the leading issue? And if you cut that off, that will, in other words, if you cut funding off, will incitement follow? Or if you cut incitement and somehow, which is a bigger issue, manage to address that, then long term, uh, you know, pay for slay will eventually dissipate. You know, money talks. And I think that the financial rewards are our main impetus. You know, obviously the education, the incitement, the, uh, you know, naming schools and streets and soccer tournaments after tourists, uh, after terrorists helps to um, further propagate this this notion that they're freedom fighters. But I I do think that beneath it all, the, the money does make a huge impact. In the Palestinian Authority's budget, they mentioned that 5,000 terrorists who are arrested in Israeli jails are getting salaries from the Palestinian Authority. Now, help us understand, uh, in terms of these payments, have these payments remained stagnant? Um, Have they been increased uh, in the last few years? I mean, is this, you know, particularly with inflation, to sort of look at it in that perspective over recent years, is this... Are these funds remain as significant now as they were a few years ago? The level of payments, remember, this has been institutionalized. The level of payments was codified based upon length of prison sentence, based upon even where you live. So Jerusalem residents get a bonus. Israeli Arabs get a bonus. The PA is trying to foment revolution amongst the um, Israeli Arabs. So all this has been codified. And then as terror acts occur, they have to pay out. And so as there's more terror acts, there's more terrorists and there's more demands on the budget. The The amounts have grown as there's been more terror incidents. They also revised the law in 2013 to make um, the payments even more generous. In, in 2010, when they codified the levels, they introduced a COLA, a cost of living adjustment. And so <clears throat> by legislation, there's a built-in um, natural uh, increase. So somewhere around 7.5% of the PA's budget goes to pay Paris. And when was this, uh, when were these funds established? In 1998, they first had set up a martyr's fund, but it wasn't codified. It was just um, money was set aside in a kitty in 2004. That's when they initially codified the law. And then they came up with the salary scale in 2010. And then they, um, upgraded the law in 2013. Just look at how the Palestinian Authority of Mahmoud Abbas pays lifetime salaries to terrorists and their families, rewarding them for the murder of innocent people. Now, despite this, has there is there any distinction? There's a lot of discussion and a lot of depiction as Mahmoud Abbas, you know, someone who's been around for a long time, but uh, as the more moderate Palestinian leader, as opposed to, of course, you know, groups like Hamas and Gaza, but when you have a situation where there's not only, as you said, a rejection of Israel's right to exist, uh, incitement ongoing uh, in terms of violence against Israel, but in fact, uh, rewarding violent acts and terrorism and murder against Israelis, um, is there any distinction within the Palestinian leadership, the Palestinian Authority, 
um, between those who support this continued fund versus those who want to make a move against it internally within the Palestinian leadership? Well, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, the Palestinian people are split between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. And the Palestinian Authority will pay all terrorists, whether you're Hamas, PIJ, even if you're Daesh, anyone who's fighting against Israel in the title payment. But if you're a Hamas terrorist, for instance, Hamas gives you a special bonus on top of the regular uh, salary payment that the PA pays. So they're really, you know, even though they, you know, the PA and Hamas are at each other's throats, they do have points of agreement. So, for instance, this past week, the head of the prison's ministry was killed in a car accident, and both the PA and Hamas both praised him for helping to encourage the, uh, the terrorists. So, so they, they, they do have some unanimity when it comes to fighting Israel. It's just they, they have different methodologies. The PA's methodology is to reward and incentivize civilian terrorism, and Hamas is command and control. You know, do members of the news media, for example, sort of other colleagues who, like, you know, not on a legislative level, but are people aware that this is taking place? Generally, no. And the reason why is it's so absurd. You know, I looked for a historical precedent. Even the not even the SS didn't pay per Jewish head, and the prison sentence is a proxy for the amount of damage that you do. The only parallel I could find was Massachusetts Bay Colony used to pay per Indian scale. So it's so horrific. It's hard to believe that in 2023 there are actually laws to kill the Jews and rewards and payments. For the amount of uh, damage that you do, and and so it it it's a state of disbelief, frankly. Well, I think uh, you've given us a very sobering assessment of what's going on. Uh, but nevertheless, this is the kind of reality um, that the Palestinian Authority is uh, is helping to create on the ground um, and helping to foment and, and continue this violence. That uh, that whether we like it or not, it's the reality. And the the more it, it continues to be unveiled, I think that the more accountability. Uh, as a result, there has to be. Um, so, uh, Sandra Gerber, thank you so much for your time uh, and for your involvement in this important issue. Pleasure. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our mailing list, our podcast channel, and follow us on social media for the most up-to-date news. If you like what you've heard, please consider a donation to support our continued efforts at www.honestreporting.ca donate. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.